or presents Fallen Arches. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And this is one of those shadow contenders for the best episode of the season. There's a lot here. This is one this is one of my favorites. I think this is so fun. What if we just have a have a chance to uh to to to, to let some goofy one-line villains do their thing? And and just everything with Dr. Orpheus. Mhm. I love Dr. Orpheus. I love the Order of the Triad. Yeah. Uh, I love Lady Windermere's fan <laughs> in this. The worst version of Lady Windermere's <laughs> fan. Uh, I man, this is a, this is an incredibly fun episode. Yeah, I kind of forgot how good it is. Kind <laughs> kind of a mess structurally. There's going to be a lot of jumping back and forth because there are four plots going yeah. on, <laughs> and and none of them resolve. I, I when I look up it, I watch this episode uh, three times, twice just for fun, and then once with the commentary. Uh-huh. And when I look up and I'm like, there's so much left, and there's only four minutes left. And then I was like, oh yeah, it's a Doc Hammer episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's just going to end with everybody walking into a room and saying how it ended. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, it's uh, this is this is way to his his strength. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. Um, what a good, what a good episode. Yeah. Um, you know, I hear I am to fall all over myself, uh, (laughs) praising this, this shit. Um, a bunch of my favorite line reads of the entire show. I mean, uh, one one of the best lines in the entire show is definitely here. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll get there when we get there, but I, uh, I use it, I use it in not everyday life because that would require going to the doctor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like who, who has enough time? Yeah, who has enough time? What are people expecting us to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so as we mentioned, this is a, a Doc Hammer joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, this aired on September 3rd, 2006. And this uh, is a Dr. Orpheus episode. Yeah. Um, in season one, during Tag Cellular It, the highlight of season one, uh, Dr. Orpheus was very jealous of Dr. Venture. He wanted an arch enemy. And his ship has finally come in. Yeah, kind of. It's not, it's not exactly the ship that he wanted. Uh, mm-hmm. because nothing can be easy for him, uh, because, uh, you know, just he's Dr. Orpheus, he has to apply as a team. There's just like a bureaucratic mix up. And so he has to get his gang back together. The order of the triad, which is Dr. Orpheus, uh, yeah. Jefferson Twilight, the Blackula hunter and, uh, the alchemist. I, I got the impression that he applied as a team back when they were a team. Oh, and it just took this long because when he when he goes and talks to his team members, they're like, oh, you know, they finally got back to us. And like Jefferson's like, oh, a name brand villain. Yeah. Like, you know, like they all talk like they know about the application. OK, OK. So he I think seems, it's just guild bureaucracy. Yeah. He seemed uh, so surprised when they said a team. <laughs> well, he, I, he said it. We well, say he said it in a string of things like he's like yeah. a team today. Like yeah. he just he's not prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And then Dr. Venture is like, oh, you had to apply as a team. And that was Dr. Okay. Venture, Sour Grapes in. <laughs> you know. uh, but yeah, this is, uh, we're getting a lot of background villains. We're getting guild lore, mm-hmm. uh, which I love. Uh, lots of fun first appearances, specifically uh, Lady O'Pair and the Murderous Moppets. <laughs> I love the, uh, I, I love just that concept of her as her own villain being Lady O'Pair yeah uh, like that, really that's good. just a very good a very good concept and very like counter to her whole personality and mm-hmm. <laughs> like i can't imagine I, her taking care of kids <laughs> like, i ran well that's why they're not kids yeah that's why <laughs> that's, that's why they're little people with five o'clock shadows yeah yeah um 
I ran a Shadowrun campaign and my friend Courtney made a rigor based on this character who was a lady who dressed like this and had two uh, little like tot bots, uh-huh. like little, little murderous mob at robots. Uh, that was her shadow <laughs> running name was lady O'Pair. Nice. Uh, which was very fun. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, we, the murderous moppets were intended to be a, uh, a joke. In fact, at the end of her scene, she's like, Hey, does anybody want some moppets? It's like, she just kind of went and gathered them off the street. However, mm-hmm. they brought, they brought them back kind of as a persistent element to a lot of people's chagrin. Yeah. They've got unpleasant voices. Yes. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into them yeah. during the next season and such. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, her her kind of claiming our like, oh, this is in terms of advancing the plot, not only do we get like Dr. Orpheus's plot advanced, but we're kind of seeing her and the monarch at the depths of their you know, dissatisfaction with their breakup. Yes. Uh in a lot of ways, which kind of advances the plot a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, you know, but it it is mostly a breezy hangout episode with tertiary characters with yeah. some really wonderful characterization. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, bathroom humor that I'm not immune to. Uh, people describing a bad smell and mm-hmm. the uh, dude's rock quality of this stinks. You have to smell it. Right. Um, <laughs> being one of my all time favorite, just true things like flashbacks to being 15 in the locker room in mm-hmm. high school and just people who hadn't washed their gym shirt for the entire year. Just being like, dude, check this out. <laughs> and somebody else would be like, no, this I got to smell. <laughs> yeah. And they, they would like, just be like, Oh, you're right. That is smell fucking like a lot of bacteria. That's awful. I've, I've had this, this little project. Over the nose. <laughs> I've had this little project going for a while. I think it's finally ready for its big unveiling. Yeah. To, to the, the three guys who happen to have lockers next to me. Uh huh. Uh, and they'd smell it. He'd be like, you know what? Acton answered. The prophecy mm-hmm. has come true. It does smell absolutely horrible. And yeah. I am kind of glad that I smelled it. The tr- the, 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 tr- the trick is uh, letting it go far enough, but not so far that the fabric starts to shatter and crack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also smells go away. True. You know, since, yeah. since, since the, you know, it's literally little molecules on there. It's, Eventually yeah. they'll just dis- dissipate and we'll breathe them in. You know, so you have to find out the right, like the point of ripeness. It's like an avocado. <laughs> um, so this uh, this starts off with a cold open uh, with Guild Lore with an orientation uh, video VHS um, mm-hmm. about Doctor Orpheus being selected. Yes, um, the Guild of Calamity's intent: hate you can trust with a uh, watch and ward uh, selling them on uh, the guild along with the sovereign second appearance of the sovereign yes uh the sovereign which the art book clarifies for us is uh it, it is jackson public uh wearing the hood from his henchman outfit from the dvd extras and they mm-hmm. do uh like really high contrast video and then they do like rotoscoping over it to create that kind of effect it's kind of neat yeah. and sounds very unpleasant because yeah. you have to have a gigantic hot light next to your face and that very warm mm-hmm. hood. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also from the art book, I think, uh, Watch and Ward, those voices, it is Hammer in Public doing their Megatron impersonations. I, I love that they are both doing a Megatron impersonation. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're different enough to be distinct. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, but I love this like this little industrial film that shows yeah. you know just how we're outstripping the competition uh, against the peril partnership, the fraternity of torment, and unlicensed villains. The the the, uh, the perils of unlicensed villainy mm-hmm. segment is wonderful. Yeah, well, like just, just you know like the, the treaties the thing where you bust in on Thanksgiving dinner and just goes oh, like undulate, <laughs> undulates, you know. Yeah. 
so good. Oh man, um, uh, threat matching, which is which is what yeah. we learn. We got a little pip squeak up against a gigantic guy. I forget, just just pummels him right. Just, yeah, well, he just comes up and kicks him on the shin. It's it's very obvious he's going to get pummeled. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then uh you know the uh, a weird, you know, barrister clown <laughs> has a, a, somebody in a James Bond trap and like starts taking off his clothes and licking him and kissing him. Yeah. Uh which is like, you know, this is something that, like a villain might do. Yeah. To, to a Bond. It is a, it is uh, a and, different kind of villainy than you would expect to happen when somebody is strapped to a table with a laser pointed at them. Um, Orpheus doesn't know why he got this video, uh, and he has some misunderstanding with his daughter about her putting Splash on Netflix. <laughs> I wanted uh, to, see want to see it again. again. I like it. <laughs> he's, he's very upset about this. Yeah. Um, and he's very surprised that the, the screening will take today. He has to have his team and his layer and all this stuff set up. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's taken, you know, taken aback by this. So that's kind of giving us our, our setup for this episode. Yes. So he has to go and set up the team. We start the episode proper after the title sequence with uh, Rusty uh, at the height of his uh, his crowning accomplishment, uh, mm-hmm. the creation, the, the creation of the walking eye, which walking eye, Hank. It, it should be <laughs> like it just should be self-evident why a walking mm-hmm. eye is both desirable, why it's impressive and what it could be used for. Although he does like pump them for information about what he could use the walking eye for. He yeah, just gets he's, their he's basically crowdsourcing it. Yeah, to, he's like to his kids and to Brock. He, so he's like, he created this thing and is getting their first impressions so he can write their proposal to sell it to somebody, to the military. Like, yeah. like, like, like he's always trying to do. Yes. The uh, th- this walking eye, I guess, is specifically uh, from an episode of Johnny Quest. Yeah, it's like a little robot spy thing. Yeah. Um, the alarm goes off. The guilds here. And Brock has to go handle it, not because they're invading, but because they landed uh, in his herb garden. Yeah, on the plot-important load-bearing herb garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love uh, the boys coming there and just be like, choppers! <laughs> I say there, guild wasps. Uh, super fun. Uh, and Watch and Ward leave the compound here uh, to set out. They're in the, the very room where the uh, Treaty of Tolerance was signed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, And they're geeking out about Rusty's dad and very dismissive of Rusty himself, who does not uh comport himself particularly well in this episode no uh, no he's, know, he's uh, not, not as vile as he is sometimes but he's petty and small yes much. he's very he's very entitled and i think you know watching ward kind of cut to it they're talking about his dad and they like i just i love the like the subtlety they say the real dr venture in front of him yeah it's like oh man Brutal. the real dr venture is why i got into this business you know like now that guy was he took my dad's <laughs> legs like, <laughs> yeah uh, absolutely brutal but you know so rusty immediately is pretty upset that his accomplishment this walking eye that has no apparent use uh is Mm -hmm. being overshadowed by the new events like the the episode was supposed to be be about the eye guys Um, yeah it could have been a walking eye yeah um and he uh you know it gets dismissive once he learns that uh the guy who rents a room from him had to apply for an arch uh as a team you know, which is yes. which is funny. He calls that pathetic when the only reason he is associated is because of his legacy case. He's a legacy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got he got grandfathered into it. You know, and Orpheus did it way back in the day when he had a team. Yeah. You know. Uh so he he's going off to gather his team. Uh we get introduced to Jefferson Twilight, who is quietly one of my favorite characters. He's so good. On the show. They they give him a little tick where he's inarticulate. Mm-hmm. And it's so consistent and funny. <laughs> like the quiet resentment that's in his voice all the time. <laughs> Uh, like 
when the, I mean, this is jumping ahead, but when he goes and then checks on the alchemist, he's like, gotta open the door because I'm not magic. Uh, <laughs> he's just so mad. Yeah. Uh, well, and just and even on the like adventures, like, like, you know, he doesn't have the magic powers. Like he's very capable mm-hmm. in his own right, but he's very specialized. So there's a, there's a line read that I love later on where like they're out on a team and both of the both of the other two are using their magic. And he's like, oh, let me check for Blackula's. All right. No, Blackula's here. <laughs> because <laughs> that's uh, what he does like it just it's a real inconvenience for him to be associated with this as like a as like a, a solid to his friends <laughs> he's uh so this is based on uh blade yes you know ob- obviously blade uh from wesley snipes blade and mm-hmm. Marvel comics blade yeah uh and a, a really fun real life detail uh i love this story from from doc and jackson's uh life mm-hmm where uh, they're there, you know, where they live in New York, there'd be uh, black dudes mm-hmm. who dressed like this. Yeah. And at one point, Jackson Public came into the Astro Base and was like, "Dude, I just saw a black yellow hunter," <laughs> uh, which is a really good word for like somebody dressed like this. The yes. way they describe it, like he's got a scorpion belt buckle and uh-huh. like he's <laughs> saying a poet shirt. A po- um, <laughs> and uh, and he's just like, "I know exactly what you mean." And they uh-huh. just they both have neighborhood black yellow hunters. Yeah. Should should we just yeah. should we describe what a blackula is? I mean, probably it's it's fairly evident. Uh, yeah, it's a seventies yeah. exploitation movie about black Dracula. Yes, not African American uh, uh, Dracula. Like God, that joke later. That. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. I, I can't think of a PC way to say this. I hunt black Draculas. <laughs> it's like it's it's so good. Um, so he's he's uh, cornering one in a subway platform, mm-hmm. and he uh, you know takes out their fangs, and one is sneaking up on him when Doctor Orpheus comes and uh, gets the jump on the yes. guy sneaking up behind him, and we get the first Jackson or Jefferson Twilight uh, inarticulate. So we're like, you came rescued my. You rescued my situation. Uh, <laughs> just very good. That, that voice actor, we should we should say who he is because we're talking about the other voice actors here. Uh, Charles Parnell, uh, yeah. kind of a voice actor, uh, television actor kind of guy. Like when they hired him, he was on um, All My Children. You know, just mm-hmm. uh, doing a bunch of doing a bunch of stuff like that. Did like seventy nine episodes there, which on a soap opera is two weeks. So yes, yeah, <laughs> just the, yeah, of, of the uh, the soap opera network. <laughs> Um, and they, they, they're catching up. They haven't, you know, seen each other for a while. He's just like, Hey, you know, I haven't seen you since you got into that whole balancing good and evil stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he says, yeah, but my, you know, my daughter has a driver's license. My wife left me mm-hmm. and balancing the universe has lacked, lost so much of the razzle dazzle. <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. he's got an empty nest. It's, it's like, it's almost like a midlife crisis. He needs to get his, uh, get his groove back, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so like they're having this fun conversation, as they uh, as as they just take out these swarms of blackulas that come after him. Well, there's just the one. He just keeps getting back up. Oh, right. You got to you got to take out the head. Yeah, he had head, but I, I was taking. I was taking. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was taking notes. Yeah, but they're like um, talking about you know uh, just the fact that like Doctor O has a secret identity, and it turns into this Jackson Public and Doc Hammer conversation about 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 secret identities, and you know again. Jefferson Twilight kind of being a little, you know, struggling for words. It was like, oh, you can, you have a, you've got one like Aquaman, right? You're all you you you're Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, like, like Aquaman. A- Aquaman doesn't have a secret identity. You pick the He's one who doesn't Aquaman. have a yeah. You pick the one yeah. that doesn't have a secret identity. Yeah, which just you know, comic, uh, kind of not true. Uh-huh. Aquaman sometimes is a guy named Arthur Curry. <sighs> which which sounds like a horrible like medieval times Indian fusion. Yeah, like dish, but 
it it's that's who he is sometimes. Yeah, I don't care for that. I I kind of wish I didn't yeah. know that. I mean, Aquaman is dumb as hell, dude. I know. Like, shit's it's bullshit. Yeah, uh, it's you can't you can't expect good find good things in an Aquaman. No, no, I, you know? I just I just I mean you should have known that, and then you shouldn't have shared the information because now it's in there. Well, yeah, I share the information because the show aims to educate. Okay, okay, all right, okay. The uh, I, w- I want to explain these references. I, okay. I want to be um, be in the the Henry Gilbert of, uh-huh. of this uh, what a cartoon. <laughs> okay. These things. All right. Okay. Um, when they they head off to go see the alchemist, uh, who is not based on anybody, weirdly enough. Yeah, like, he's. He's dressed like a monk, but he's just, there's no Marvel Comics character who this is. Mm-hmm. And it's just literally um, just uh, just an alchemist. Uh, yeah, just a paunchy <laughs> alchemist with uh, with the voice of Dina Snyder. Yeah, Master Shake. Uh, amazing yeah. voice actor. Like, there, yeah. it, it is, I can't describe the quality about his voice that makes him inimitable. Like, mm-hmm. nobody can do that. Like, just, like, there's nobody else who sounds like him, except for that one right wing uh, radio guy, uh, Mark Levin. <laughs> Yeah, the, the well, I mean, I was gonna say like, um, is it the the voice of uh, uh, Stormy or not Stormy? Um, yeah, Stormy. Stormy from 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 C Lab. No, Dana Steiner wasn't in C Lab. No, 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 but uh, the right wing radio host, the mm-hmm. the guy who kind of sounds. Uh, who's the guy I'm thinking of in C Lab? I'm a skeleton. Like there's there's the the guy. He's it's a similar yeah. voice. Yeah. Uh, no. I, I, yeah. So, so Stormy does have kind of like a like like a good like dumb guy voice, like a Dave Rubin. I don't know why I'm comparing everything to a right 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 wing media personalities. Because <laughs> you need to log off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know why. <laughs> uh, but the the uh, that guy also has a voice that is very charismatic and singular. Yeah. Is, yeah. is all I mean. It's not very. I guess it's not actually that similar in quality, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. I just like I can listen to that guy all day. Yes, yeah. Um, but uh, but but Dana Snyder, he kind of has that um, John Benjamin thing, where he uh, uh, like a lot of his roles kind of sound the same, but you can tell them yeah. apart because of the delivery. And he does a really good yeah. job with the Alchemist here, like even in his establishing in his establishing kind of moments here, where you know they ask him like, "Hey, where are you up to?" You know, are you still trying to find the philosopher's stone? And he like, you know, does this pious like, you know, that's a that's a metaphor for enlightenment. Uh, and he says, oh, I'm trying to research a cure for AIDS, you know, mm-hmm. which is a, a noble Jeff- pursuit. <laughs> Jefferson Twilight's, oh, so you're still gay? And he's like, no, no, I grew out of that. Of course, you know, <laughs> well, actually, of course. No, of course I am. Yeah, that's not you how know. it works, dude. <laughs> um, but he he joins, you know, rejoins the team immediately, uh, not just because it sounds awesome, but also because he could use some exercise. Yeah. And also he needs uh, the publicity. And- yeah. yeah, he needs to get some funding for his research. Yeah. Um, you know, lo- love the alchemist. <laughs> um, we uh, cut over to the monarch side of this, which I think, like, I agree that this is the weakest plot that mm-hmm. happens here. Um, this, I think, felt like uh, Doc Hammer wanted to have some fun with 21 and 24. Yes. And then wanted to have the monarch do a, you know, be at rock bottom some more because they're they're building up to the wedding. Yes. And her leaving, you know, Phantom Limb and stuff. Um, 24 walks in on 21 forging an arching license so they can be solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he doesn't buy it. He's like, you know, we can't do this better than Monarch. I almost die every day doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and also he says, that guy's ruthless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the His plan here, his master plan, is that he's got uh, jetpacks that he stole from Sergeant Hatred. Yeah. Uh, they're constantly stealing things from Sergeant Hatred. <laughs> Um, I love how that comes back around and provides a uh, provides a motivation for hatred. Yeah, there are a couple mm-hmm. of Sergeant Hatreds in this one. 
Yeah, it's, it's the resurgence <laughs> hatred, as they as Will and Sapphire might say. Yeah. Um, the my least favorite thing in the episode is the the first bit with the monarch and the prostitute is very funny, mm-hmm. uh, where he's like, you know, the, your king monarch is delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, this prostitute who's dressed up as Doctor Girlfriend, and this just deeper, deeper, and mm-hmm. we're just going, butterfly. <laughs> my my king butter need butterfly <laughs> butterfly butter like that is very good yeah uh, ad-libbing is mm-hmm. very funny yeah um uh, but then it turns into a riff on red dragon yeah red dragon manhunter a uh, little bit yeah um which again with the you know the wildly inconsistent monarch in the first couple of seasons mm-hmm. in terms of like kind of level of pure sadism yeah you know um the on watching this again the two things that make me more sympathetic to this plot um, I don't think it's particularly funny, um, other than the like, butterfly uh, part. But the thing I like about it is one, again, I think they have to show the monarch as being kind of a uh, rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Two, I think if, with, if I want to extend them some goodwill, they're contrasting him with the Phantom Limb mm-hmm. because the Phantom Limb, the last time we saw him, he was uh, trying to sell stolen art, right? You know, in an right. urban way. You know, this having this, uh, you know, lake of acid and you know, pit of pendulums and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, is very much the old shit in terms yeah. of villainy. And you can kind of see how uh, Lady O'Pair, Dr. Girlfriend, you know, might miss this. Yes. As somebody who has an interest in uh, organized evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, uh, I, I think that they could have, <laughs> the fact that it is just an extended riff on an existing media franchise kind of yeah. like can yeah. you know gets in the way i think of what they're trying to communicate to me because it just kind of seems like yeah. he's doing shtick you know it feels arbitrary yeah it just it, know, it, it, it feels it, like he is doing it as a joke as opposed to like anything that has like a legitimate like oh just i've got the resources i'm gonna go torment a sex worker for a while yeah you know? and, and there's definitely some woke 2021 eyes that i'm seeing it with where i'm no, just kind of yeah. like oh you know yeah, a, prostitution is good like don't you know, right right nothing wrong with sex work don't do this yeah um so I, I, I'm a little bit more sympathetic to it. It doesn't take up very much time. Too. That's the thing, too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very brief. Like, I, the way I remembered it when I was thinking back on this episode, I was like, oh, man, we got to spend all, like, as soon as the scene showed up with, with her, I was like, oh, we're going to spend a bunch of time without this episode. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's not tedious. Yeah, after the introduction, it's just like some cutaways. Yeah, it's, it's like 30 seconds total mm-hmm. uh, of the episode. It's pretty quick. Yes. Um, the... Uh, so we go back to uh, Rusty talking to the boys, getting Hank to get out of the room. Uh, you know, he's like, well, we weren't supposed to leave our room. Um, he has to go take care of his acne so he doesn't look like uh, Edward James Olmos. Like they make his face out of a beige orange. Um, and this little, one of my favorite deliveries here where he's uh, telling all of the Rusty Dean stuff. And this is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, you know, Dr. Orpheus asked me to watch his daughter Triana, which I can't do because I don't care to. So I need you to entertain her. And Dean's like, oh, should we put on a show for her? Should we do something she knows or should we write a original script? script? <laughs> like, he immediately is just like in this panic. Like he doesn't it's know. so good. He yeah. doesn't know what I to do with his, this anxiety. I thought you might react this way. <laughs> he says, which is so good. Uh, yeah. And gives him the talk. And the talk is so good. It's, it's, um, I mean, it's like, it, it is a, a Patent Adventure Brothers, like 15 second montage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, you know, de- just demonstrating sex by having a little doll hump the clown lamp. <laughs> a lamp. A lamp. And then, and like, then, a, like an arm. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then my favorite th- detail it ends this, yeah. it, it, it ends with uh with with rusty like you know bending over and almost like presenting but it turns out that he's recounting the events of a white snake video <laughs> yeah there she is there she Splay is down on the car. <laughs> wiggling and they come in what see tawny here is <laughs> talking about uh, one of the many white snake videos starring tawny katane <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I love that too just a tiny little detail she's like both brock and i agree <laughs> it's like very easy to forget that brock and uh rusty are the same age right right you know so they have like a lot of the same cultural references and mm-hmm. this is i love brock and doc like being fun you know friends yeah the mustaches uh, I, yeah yeah, any, anything where it's just like, hey, you know, remember that dumb shit? Like, that's so fun to me. Uh, the Venn diagram where they, they make sense together. Yeah. Um, outside the compound, we get the big lineup of villains mm-hmm. uh, who are lining up to arch, uh, you know, to arch the Order of the Triad, um, where we get the intangible fancy talking to Torrid. Um, I love this. The, the intangible fancy is very funny to me. Like, what does he do? He's just a ghost. Um, he doesn't have any genitals. <laughs> Goes without genitals. Yep. Uh, and just incredible name. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking with Torrid, who is also not based on uh, anybody. I think he's um, based on like a like an, an amalgamation of a couple of things, right? Like it's a oh, I saw it. A Marvel guy begins with D. No, so it's it's a DC guy. He he's dressed like Dead Man from DC. But then uh-huh. the wiki says that he's like Pyro from Marvel, which but is that's dumb. only because he has uh, a an Australian accent. Yeah, and firepowers. I think it was just, I mean, they talk about it on the commentary. They talk about how uh, they got to the end of the day, all the voice actors had gone home and they had yeah. to basically do all the rest of the voices. I mm-hmm. think that is much more likely. Yeah. They um, um, they're just they're just make Dor- him sound differentiated. Dor- Dormammu is what, the, is what the wiki says. Is he is, also uh, ridiculous? Well, is it? Okay. Uh, yeah. Dor- I have Dormammu no idea is who Dormammu, a, Dormammu is. That's why I'm here. Dormammu okay. is a, a a demon of incredible power. Okay. Uh, he's not just like a little fire guy. Okay. So he does have a head who's on fire, but it doesn't look like this. Mm. Um, that fucking wiki, man. <laughs> <laughs> Go just re- just re- re- reaching, reaching. Yeah. I love to reach. Um, but there's, you know, he uh, he realizes that uh, he's near Dr. Venter's lab and he feels he must do something torrid. Yeah. Um, as a man who enjoys dating Zoftig women. I only think of Torrid as the plus size clothing store in the mall. Yes. Um, I forget that it is a, uh, a word with meaning mm-hmm. outside of that. Yeah. Um, we get some interviews, this interview segment with the order of the triad. Uh, and this is, this is incredibly, uh, all of this is good. Uh, it's all underwater villains for the beginning of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, you know, maybe they just wanted to get those knocked out of the way uh ahead of time just because like mm-hmm. hey they're here we should probably give them their view give them their due but you know we just need to you know get a get them out of the way or you know underwater villains kind of lame uh especially this guy the pathetic little frogman guy is just sitting mm-hmm. in a chair in front of them looking all tiny and meek <laughs> uh, with the rudder on his head yeah um hank is in the uh the bathroom you know waiting for for rusty and and uh, uh dean to have their talk and when he walks into the bathroom, uh, he sees Torrid taking a shit, mm-hmm. who panics and tele- teleports away. And I don't know if it's the teleportation that leaves the stench, like Nightcrawler, or he was just taking a horrible shit. Porque no los uh, dos. Yeah, 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 the combination. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the words and the phrases used to describe how horrible this smells uh, really works for me. When Triana walks in, it's in and says it smells like a Bible scene in here. Well, yeah, Dean says that. Yeah, it smells like a no, Bible no, story. No, in no, 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 it's Triana who says that. 
Mm-mm. No, I, I guarantee it's D. Okay, okay. Because it's a Bible story. But Triana says, "Did my grandfather teach you how to crap?" Oh, yes, you're uh, right. Yeah. Which is also very good. Yeah. Uh, but smelling like a Bible story. It's damn. <laughs> that that's the one. When I say I use that frequently, that is yeah. that if I if I need to describe something smelling poor, smelling poorly, smelling bad, so, I will use that. <laughs> so you use you would use that more if you went to the doctor more frequently. Oh, just <laughs> if I went to the doc. No, no, no. If I if I was using that way too frequently, that would imply I was taking heinous dumps Got way too you. much, and then okay. I would have to go to the doctor. There we go. I, I, okay, that, I got those. Kind of, I was like, huh. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you know, doctors' offices don't smell that great. You know. No, and if you are, you know, you should go see. Is another thing, like you should see a doctor, which uh-huh. again is something that I, I, I think is a funny way to describe a bad smell. You're right. So that that does make uh, make sense. Yeah. Oh man, um, it smells like a dumpster full of burning hair. Is what they say. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, burning burning diapers. It's like you pounded garbage into your butt. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, horrible. which which is kind of like, I mean, it's it's basically just the extended joke from Anchorman. <laughs> oh like, sure, but it's still good. Yeah. They come up with good ones. The Bible story or the Bible scene is uh, is, is amazing. It sounds like a Bible story is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, we go back to twenty one and twenty four. The way that twenty one was trying to tempt twenty four into doing this is because he has jetpacks, mm-hmm. and they're both real into it. Yeah, um, they're wearing their costumes, which he stole from family double bear, double dare. One has a <laughs> bucket on it. One has a hand. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, physical really challenge. Well, it's really good. They're all covered in gack. Uh, <laughs> well, that makes me less worried about the stains. Uh, Twenty four <laughs> takes off and sets his shoes on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoes are on fire. Yeah. Um, uh, and Twenty one can't really take off because he's too big. He's too heavy. The, just, I, I was thinking about that, like you know, as a man of carriage, mm-hmm. and I was like, it'd be fun just to hover around. And to I mean, just like, get off the ground. Take, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't mind a hover. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I need to fly. People honest, are fucking greedy. Honestly, I might be a little bit scared to do the full fly, but to do a hover, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a hover, man. Or, or uh, you know what I could get down with uh, a D and D second edition feather fall. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that would be a good one. You know, because you land on the ground at the end, so you're safe, but yeah. it's also slow, so it's <laughs> safe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a, a feather fall at a maximum of like let's say twelve feet. Let's say yeah, yeah, yeah. A feather fall that I won't die if if you know I the spell gets canceled or counter spell. Well, I don't want my insurance premiums to go up. No, hell no, <laughs> not in the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> um, the uh, Aaron Elminster insurance. Elminster insurance. There's there's something in there. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, joke kit. Um, the, then we get the exchange with the creature of the Black Lagoon being like, So, uh, you, you hunt African American vampires? Yeah, and she's like, No, because there aren't, a- there aren't African Americans in England. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I love that point. Like, I mean, I, like, I just uh, the, the breakdown, just the breakdown of the language, and the, <laughs> uh, let's just say, let's keep it at the breakdown of the language. We're like, I there, there is no more efficient way to describe what I do than to say that if there is a, a Dracula who happens to have black skin, I hunt yeah. them. <laughs> On black vampires, man. I don't know the PC word for that. Yeah. Uh, just incredible delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it a lot more if I went to the doctor more often. <laughs> um. <laughs> the doctors usually ask what you do. They're making, they're making yeah. chit-chat. Like, I'm black yeah. vampires, doc. I don't know the PC way to say that. Yeah. Um, 
uh, Dean decided to put on a show here, and I love him just recruiting Brock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as this and them doing the the dialogue uh-huh. uh, you know it's like you seem to have the modern affectation of frivolousness <laughs> you know or whatever yeah. <laughs> it's like so good yeah, oh, yeah. The, my only weakness is temptation temptation <laughs> like, the, these the lines. fact that dean made himself lady windermere <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very, and triana just reads a magazine for most of the episode yeah like she does not care uh just incredible uh at some point you know when hank calls him in to, to smell this brock has had enough he's like that's yeah. my cute accent you yeah. owe me dean uh, <laughs> what could dean give him what what could dean how could dean repay this i don't know wash his car <laughs> you know um, dean doesn't get to wash the charger he only gets to wash true. the charger to punish hank <laughs> i guess that's true yeah, yeah. well that, maybe that's he has to be in, involved in hank punishment duty mm. Yeah. Um, Hank is calling him in, like, dude, you got to smell this. And gets <laughs> Dean uh, to come in. Hank dresses the Duchess of Berwick. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, the, the, this star- this starts them to uh, trying to uh, trying to solve the mystery of uh, of what's going on. Um, yeah. Back down in the uh, audition room, uh, they are auditioning a villain named Curse. Just a Curse. Just a just a. We can do the magic, right? <laughs> kind of my bag. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they describe in the commentary as a straight guy lisp, mm-hmm. which I, I think is accurate. Yeah, it's like a, they're doing that. like an Edwin kind of thing on uh, on, yes. on the curse. Um, but as you know, instead of instead of like proceeding with the interview, they start bickering because Jefferson Twilight says, "Let's give him the old Rochambeau," mm-hmm. and then they each have like you know a different definition of what Rochambeau is. You know, including a, like a, a a French general who fought in the, in the American Revolution, which I think is true. I think they're yeah. all right. They're all right. Like they're yeah. all correct mm-hmm. uh, about it. Um, you know, and then they just like uh, the Franco-American. Franco-American. Why would a French general sell Italian mm-hmm. food? Yeah. You know, uh, Spadio's reference. They're just you know doing their their banter. Yeah. When Curse attacks, the way they subdue him by casting a spell to get rid of his legs and then his arms so he just slides around <laughs> as a torso yep. is very funny to me yeah um, uh, and i love uh i love excited dr o because mm-hmm. the end when they take him out they're like that was awesome mm-hmm. and uh you know i think the alchemist is like was that a rochambeau and dr o being like oh it should be <laughs> like, <laughs> he's so, he's so excited but just uh, man dr orpheus breaking out of his domestic his domestic funk right mm-hmm. get his groove back <laughs> yeah uh so cut back to the cut back to the monarch chasing the prostitute around the cocoon uh you know he has revealed the minotaur uh quote-unquote tattoo on his back and talked about we're gonna chase you through the you know my my maze uh including one of the doors has the polar bear from lost which by listening may have a lifetime supply of turtle wax yes or it might have the polar bear from lost yes which Um, the uh the the uh, dvd commentary uh, highlights that they were watching a lot of Lost at the time. So let's throw that it was polar the style bear at the time. In. Yeah. 2006. Yeah. Um, Brock is uh, just helping Rusty take the walking or the walking eye outside. Um, we, you know, he knows, he sees what Doc is doing <laughs> uh, here. 
And there's uh, this great, I love this exchange. Again, I love Brock and Doc being friends uh, where Rusty's like, what's with the tux? Do you have an away game today? <laughs> and he goes, he's helping Dean put on the worst version of Lady Windermere's fan. Uh, and, he, and he goes, Ugh. he said it was your idea. He's like, well, I tried to give him the birds and the bee conversation. And I love uh, Brock just being like, well, yeah, how'd that go? He put on Lady Windermere's fan. Yeah. <laughs> like that is such efficient characterization of Dean. Mm-hmm. Like just a couple lines and tells you a lot about Dean. It does. Yeah. God, I fucking love it. <laughs> um, oh man. Just uh, like with, with Hank, with both Hank and Dean, it's more obvious with Hank, but like with both of them, the mm-hmm. outputs do not match the inputs. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, Dean also uh, like, there's more, there's more order to how Dean mm-hmm. mistranslates the world around him, yeah. but make no mistake. <laughs> like he is not accurately translating the world around him. Right. Um, the, uh, so he's bringing the eye out to do an homage to Cool Hand Luke uh, because this is villain bait. Uh-huh. Um, he's like trying to sexily wash the, the the walking eye. And we get this pan across of a bunch of villains. You know, Chairman Wow. Always happy when I see Chairman Wow show <laughs> yeah. up. We got Chuckulies here. Yeah, and they're all yeah. doing like a wooga. Uh, because yeah, they're be- extremely horny. There's there's they're seeing eye. they're seeing the super scientist washing a walking eye. The the, the POV shot from um mm-hmm. for, from the walking <laughs> eye as uh, as as uh, uh, oh gosh Rusty is, is is washing it where he puts them on the glass. Yeah, he does the white snake video <laughs> yeah. basically. Um, yeah, and it's only for a second too. They cut away from that very funny. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Showing like how much sharper the editing is. I think in season two. Yes. In season one. Yeah. Like it just cuts away really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, Hank and Dean are trying to solve the uh, bathroom mystery that smells like a Bible story mm-hmm. uh, here. And they, uh, when they're walk- going through their steps, Triana sits on the toilet and gets teleported away. Yes. Um, here. So it's just like, you know, oh man, we killed, killed your boy, your girlfriend, mm-hmm. Dean. She's my uh, girlfriend. You know, upset. <laughs> like... yeah, well, she was, you know, <laughs> before, before we killed her. Um, the, uh, and the, you know, the prostitute does a pit in a pendulum thing while the monarch showers his tattoo off and does lines from the pit in the pendulum. Yes. Um, last little bit of the subplot until the post credit scene. Right. Uh, which is good. Yeah. Uh, we oh. get our appearance of Doctor of, of uh, Lady Opair, nay, Doctor Girlfriend, <laughs> um, you know, dressed up as a, you know, fancy nanny lady with the two Moppets. Do we need to, should we describe the Moppets? They're, they're, they're two, uh, little, two little people, Cockney accents, very aggressive. Yeah, two, two little British schoolboys, like Cockney schoolboys, mm-hmm. um, you know, like little members of ACDC. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, and uh, they're angry and they're unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And they end, up, they end up being actually being rather sinister. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everybody's we, terrified of them because, because, they're, yeah. because they're ruthless and, and unpredictable. <laughs> stabby. Yeah. Uh, you know, real stabby. Um, she leaves because they, they react to her voice. Uh, Jefferson Twilight asks if she smokes cigarettes or eats them. Mm-hmm. And she's like, fuck this. Yeah. And she gets out of there. Um, they're trying to figure out where Triana went. And Dean has the idea to turn on the hot water. Mm-hmm in the shower where Torrid is teleported to and the steam in the mirror says i'm in the Torrid room tell my father the Torrid zone. Uh, zone yeah which is real uh-huh uh which they say at the end of the episode but also <laughs> it's straight up like it's just uh-huh. like it's a geographical zone and also orpheus island is real yeah what I, i'm looking at luxury accommodations on orpheus island lodge right now orpheus island Lynn, the concierge, is in chat ready to make uh, help me make a fast and easy booking at Orpheus Island. Well, I mean, if she's chatting, you don't stand her up. Like, that'd be yeah. rude not <laughs> to. Like, yeah, ASL. 
Um, Orpheus. <laughs> Lynn. Wait a minute. Uh, Orpheus uh, Island. Gary, look at the uh, under eat, uh, eat drink all inclusive meals. Look at that fucking plate. Look at what's on that okay, plate. Hold on. I, I got to pull it back. Sorry. On Orpheus.com.au. Oh, hey, Lynn. No. Sorry. I'm not. Oh. I'm, yeah. Yeah. What is that? I don't Indulge know. Indulge in our is. foodies paradise. I. <laughs> Boy, that looks like um like a, a, a chocolate covered Twinkie covered with green onions or something. It, I mean, it looks like a. a I don't know. It looks like a like a fingerling potato with gold tumors on it. But yeah, but it, but it is the kind of rich person cuisine plate that is ninety percent empty. Yes, yeah, with nothing, a little, just like a little space. Yeah, a little dollop on the plate. Just that's how you, that's how you can tell this is fancy. Uh, Orpheus yeah. Island, real. However, Orpheus said, like talks about it like he owns it. Which if he owned if he owned an island in in yeah, the tropics it, it, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't come up again no no it's just uh, uh just we'll, a thing we'll yes um the uh 21 uh tries doing do both jetpacks mm -hmm. on him and his, it still doesn't work um and and 24 says we can just take the bus and 21 says jet boy and jet girl do not take the bus yep <laughs> uh and and he's for the last time yeah <laughs> not I, I don't, jet boy and jet girl i don't care if i get to be jet boy i <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be I, Jet Boy and Jet Girl. 21, you know, just he doesn't have a sense for the branding. He, he, you know, he wants to be named after this, you know, French, you know, French indie song. Elton Motello song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is which is a really weird song, um, which I knew about before this episode because uh -huh. it showed up on a bunch of like compilations uh -huh. of punk, like early punk music I had. And it is uh, about uh, it's, it's an incredibly gay song. Like yep. in, in a positive way, like it is about forced feminization hmm. uh, and being willing to yep. like, you know, and, and, and blurring gender lines on the dance floor, hmm. uh, basically. Yeah. But, but he says, you know, we'll, we'll have indie cred because the damned covered it. <laughs> and, and then, <laughs> and, you know, again, great line read. Yeah. Then that, that we, we should be, be damned. damned. That's a way cooler name. name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love it so much. Just, just hearing our double dare costumes with jetpacks that only like w w work for one of us and we're the mm -hmm. damned hi everybody we're the damned <laughs> we're the damned <laughs> um torrid uh makes his appearance to the triad and this is so incredible like mm -hmm. he's like you know have a seat and he goes i prefer to stand and then i love the alchemist standing up immediately yeah <laughs> just being like what what i just felt like standing <laughs> and and jefferson twilight just mean mm, you're full of beans mm -hmm. and, and ants fire ants yeah uh so good but like the power play you know when you walk in mm -hmm. you know it's like walking into it into a job interview saying oh yeah i totally you know i've been working here for a week and nobody noticed <laughs> here's what i've done yeah. he just walks in and says you know what are my qualifications i've already kidnapped your daughter yeah <laughs> and it's it's so like the brass balls on him uh, they're really impressed uh he does not become very much of a character i think he eventually just dies to uh cthulhu yeah in the uh in the better man episode mm -hmm. yeah um later which is one of my favorite episodes of the series as well <laughs> another orpheus episode. um yeah really good orpheus content there um i love the outrider as well mm -hmm. um so th th again this just ends uh they just you know he kidnapped her but they just rescue again mm -hmm. off screen yeah uh, rusty's watching the kitchen window watching the villains fight the eye <laughs> um really happy about it and he just wanted the attention yeah 
Yeah. Pathetic. <laughs> you know, he's describing what, what he's seeing out there. You know, the, oh, the, the guild guys are just trying to subdue the villains with foam. And Brock is disappointed because he wants some action. And he figures, well, I'll go out there anyway. I love wearing a tux when I kill guys. Makes you feel kind of like James Bond. So he's yeah, going to go get some really rec- recreational ass kicking in. Just murder. Yeah. You know, uh, going on. Um, Orpheus and the triad come in with the boys, uh, just saying they found their villain. And, uh, you know, Dean's like, I helped solve the mystery of that. He's like, yes, mm-hmm. you did. <laughs> it turns out the torrid zone is just a little area between the Tropic of Capricorn and the Tropic of Cancer. Mm-hmm. Right on an island. And Dean just saying, you know, she's safe on Orpheus Island. <laughs> uh, is real cute. Uh, I also really love the alchemist being like, uh, torrid zone. It's so butch. That's uh, a really good <laughs> delivery. Yep oh man uh uh unseemly joke because uh because dean is uh sitting on jefferson's shoulders and when he mm-hmm. starts thinking about triana uh wearing a bikini and putting him. on <laughs> i don't think it achieves that kind of velocity enough to trip, to trip no it's Andy. like no country for old men oh <laughs> uh, what's the most you've ever lost on a piggyback ride <laughs> don't throw away that that's your lucky hat <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah but it just uh he's, he he gets uh you know he he, he he gets excited thinking about triana on the island um mm-hmm. and then and and gets a boner into the back of jefferson twilight's uh neck skull yes yeah and then al uh be because hank is still in his uh still in his dress al thanks rusty for letting hank uh be who he is you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, they demonstrate the Order of the Triad secret handshake. Uh, it shows that you have a big symbol and special effect. And, uh-huh. and Rusty just says, get out of my kitchen. Uh, where we get the end. Yes. Um, we cut to 21 and 24 hitchhiking to get back because the jetpacks don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and the prostitute from before drives by. But when she sees 24 in a henchman outfit, she freaks out and leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, you know, I can't believe that horror stole my stanza. Uh, and you know the final line of i can't believe that horror made it through the lake of acid because <laughs> there's the lake of acid uh, and yeah, they, i love through. that they both knew about the setup just the behind the scenes on the villainy like you know like yeah there's set dressing on this they probably had yeah. to set up the lake of acid well the uh in the commentary they talk about how they originally had the idea of doing the whole episode of her uh escaping in real time like saying that she had 22 minutes to escape and then having a little 22 minute clock. Yeah. They, they, and they I'm like so glad do, they didn't do a whole episode of that. I'm very happy as well. That Like they had talked about, yeah. they, they wanted to do like the 24, um, uh, you know, the, the show 24, not, not a henchman 24, but the 24 yes. style real time episode. Uh, that would have been mm-hmm. a poor use of that. I think. Well, I, they, I, I would watch them doing a 24 style episode. I wouldn't want it to be this plot. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that specific idea. No, there's nothing wrong with that, but it would be, it would, it would be a a bad use of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, Great episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Enjoy it while it lasts because we got a real uh, sandwich going on between Love Bites and then guess who's coming to state dinner next. Yeah. Which uh, that is a, to my mind, a weird and not very funny episode of this program. Mm hmm. Uh, I, I watched it, uh, in advance and I was made sad by it. Yeah. Just, um, uh, you know, some, some very bad Lincoln material. We, uh, we all owe assassin Annie 911 an apology, <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> that love bites and, and state dinner have come around on the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, 
a great episode. And then after that, it's all bangers until the end of the season. Mm-hmm. We got Killinger and we got the finale. Good shit. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, if you like this show, you can support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Get episodes a week early. Uh, also support your boys and get a bunch of bonus shows. You can also leave us ratings or reviews on Apple Podcast or Podcast Addict or anywhere podcasts are found and mm-hmm. tell your friends. You took it all, Gary. I did. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, all that's left is the usual, so go, go Team, team venture. venture.